This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ communities, this is Well, 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 brought to you by the team from Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. Here on Well, 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 we delve into the issues impacting and surrounding the health and well-being of our gender, sex and sexuality diverse communities. I'm your host, Jack Ranjanan, and this week we're continuing our exploration of positive ageing for people living with HIV in light of Say Mesh's Positive Ageing for Positive People workshop series in Adelaide. Ben Herr Winter from Relationships Australia also speaks about the power of dance and movement therapy in breaking down barriers for culturally and linguistically diverse communities. They also speak about their involvement in Say Mesh's Connect program, which promotes HIV testing and provides access to free HIV self-testing kits in Adelaide. That's all coming up this episode on Well, Well, Well. You're getting Well, Well, Well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health. My name is Ben Hur um, and I'm from Adelaide and I'm actually uh, part of the cultural advisory group for Connect. And I'm also a peer worker and community educator with Relationships Australia for a program called PEACE, Multicultural Services. PEACE stands for Personal Education and Community Empowerment, and we're a multicultural team, so quite a broad range of people in the team and quite connected to their own communities as well. So um, we bring a lot of different skills, lived experience of being um, a migrant, I guess, uh, either grown up in Australia, in Adelaide, or come over as an adult and done the whole migration story kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, there's um, always great energy within the group and the team. Always have uh, lots of different food to, to kind of, um, that we get to try out as well. So that's always um, a really good part of working at Peace too. So um, yeah, I was so kind of thrilled to be invited to be part of Positive Aging for Positive People, uh, the workshop series. and. I think, um, yeah, I just wanted to um, maybe bring something uh, that was more related to kind of getting in touch with um, participants, getting in touch with themselves Mm. through um, self-care, also um, encouraging connection and um, teamwork and um, kind of um, personal reflection as well. And so the way to do that was um, I'm doing some work in the field of dance therapy at the moment. So dance and movement is the main kind of um, uh, way of engaging with people with that. And so uh, I came up with the idea of um, express your positive self as a way of um, bringing the group together in the in the mornings, I think, yep. and working together and doing some physical exercises and activities to get them moving, get them up out of their seats, um, which I think it's, uh, it's a way of... Um, experiencing, expressing kind of the joy of, um, of, of movement, I guess, and trying to find connections with, you know, personal stories and um, any kind of thing that they want to um, express as well. So we usually work with the theme, um, things like nature. Um, I think Mother's Day is coming up. So um, I've, I've got a um, ways of working around mother, motherhood, like through text. Yep. Uh, and that kind of thing. We also explore things like um, improvisation with with props. So I've got a um, activity that I do with scarves, 
uh, and some other um, movement experientials as well that I had to work with the participants. Uh, how did you get into, I suppose, uh, the field of dance and, and movement therapy? Um, and I suppose for people who maybe aren't as well versed or, or understand, I suppose, movement therapy and dance and the crossover mm -hmm. there, what that Venn diagram looks like. Mm -hmm. um, how did you get into those fields? And I guess, can you clarify um, where they kind of lean into each other and where there are some differences? Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in, as part of the Filipino Australian community here in Adelaide. Yeah. And part of that was, um, uh, I was a cultural dancer when I was um, young. So that was um, more about dancing traditional dances. And that was a way of bringing the community together. So mm. there, already there was like that community belonging uh, and um, identity, I guess. So I had that growing up and um, it was a big part of um, who I am now, I guess. And then I went on to study ballet and contemporary dance. So I went to Adelaide University and there was a dance course there with um, um, amazing um, mentors and teachers that were from America. So they were kind of dancers in the modern dance scene and contemporary dance scene. Yeah. So I did dance full time for um, three, three years. And out of that, you know, I kind of explored working in the field as a dancer, choreographer, working in dance companies and musical theater, also in the community and um, teaching and commercial dance space as well. Um, so yeah, I got to tour around um, with a show called Cats and um, that was a lot of fun. And I think there was a connection with um, the physical and health aspects as well, which, you know, you have to kind of keep limber and fit and um, always have to be kind of on point when you're kind of working in that area professionally. And I think that crosses over into you know, the one's personal life and into mental health and well-being as well. So having to be physically fit, but also um, being able to, to cope with the mental challenges as well that it brings, having to perform, you know, eight, eight shows a week, that kind of thing. And, um, but yeah, I guess uh, I, I did like exploring the creative side and also the, I guess, the intellectual side of it as well. So writing about dance, going, going and re reviewing shows and things, helping to spread the word um, about, you know, um, the benefits of watching dance as well as participating in it. Yeah. So, and then I came across the International Dance Therapy Institute of Australia, which is, um, uh, an not-for-profit organisation based in Melbourne and they've really helped um, people uh, develop uh, their professional um, side of um, dance movement therapy. So, um, so dance movement therapy started in the 50s in um, America and through European influence as well and it's been professionalised since then and actually started with professional dancers working in more medical settings. Mm. So people in um, psychiatric wards and that kind of thing. And just finding ways to get people that probably don't have the opportunities to, to move and probably have mobility issues as well, um, as well as things like mental health and psychiatric um, diagnoses. So getting them moving and finding ways to work with them and then over the years it got professionalised, so now it's actually a professional field of endeavour and study. So um, yeah, I really love it and um, it's really fitted into my skill set and how I can kind of promote the health and wellbeing aspects of um, 
moving and the body and um, and the therapeutic space as well. So that's a big part of it. So yeah. You said that you you came across that um, I suppose that organisation after your time at um, Adelaide uh, University of Adelaide. Yeah. Were there any um, I guess movement therapy specific aspects or subjects that you came across at, at University of Adelaide mm-hmm. um, in, during your time there or was it really just focused on, I suppose, um, dance as, as a performance art? Yeah, well, the, the thing about doing dance for full time is that there's you, you get to explore the, the whole kind of scope of dance, the way the curriculum was 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 kind of set up. Mm. So we did the practical stuff. So classical ballet, yep. contemporary dance, and then different styles of dance. So um, Asian Asian dance, which was right up my alley as well. We did tap and jazz ballet um, and Balinese and some Spanish dancing. So a lot of practical stuff in to kind of increase our movement vocabulary so not just moving in one particular way Mm. and the way it was set up it was not considered you know um it was more contemporary dance and modern dance so that was kind of the area so um but that prepared graduates for careers in in um i guess professional dancing roles but also if you wanted to become a teacher there there were we learnt um composition and working with young people as well and there was also things like um dance criticism and dance writing so mm-hmm. we learnt how to write about um how to review dance performances but also how to cri- cri- critically um approach our own practice to choreography and movement so we were actually you know making those connections to famous choreographers from different eras mm. like um in the classical ballet field, so um, Diaghilev, people like um, Sergei Diaghilev and um, famous ballets like, um, you know, The Nutcracker and Cinderella and that kind of thing, but also modern dancers as well. We did critical studies with um, Sydney Dance Company. So, um, and now there's a big focus on indigenous dance through Bangara and um, kind of the the whole um, conversation on um, First Nations people now as well. So that's a big focus too now. Part of the work we do at Peace um, in the multicultural team is uh, around wellbeing and mental health, uh, but also sexual health. So mm. we work in the HIV and um, sex- sexually transmitted infections um, space spaces, including hepatitis. So it's providing education and support with um, uh, community uh, information sessions as well as access to treatment mm. and counselling and peer support. So as part of that, um, mental health uh, is a big, comes into it quite quite a lot. So I was always interested in the connection between mental health and the body and movement and I guess psychodynamically and psychophysically, so mind and body connections. Mm. And um, so I think uh, psychotherapy and um, uh, narrative therapy comes into it. So out of that, expressive therapy has mm. has also evolved as a as a field. So that's kind of any kind of way of expressing oneself, whether it's through music, um, uh, drama, dance, or um, art therapy. And uh, and then on through researchers online, I discovered the International Dance Therapy Institute of Australia. So IDTIA. And they 
provided really professional and affordable kind of way of um, upskilling mm. and getting into the clinical field. So they were, uh, I suppose, um, providing you with the the experience or the knowledge or the procedures to try and bring that experience to, to peace. Is that yes? Of, yeah. Yep. So the clinical training is um, quite very structured. Mm. So um, there's us a whole lot of modules that you learn about how um, how it's developed and then how to use it in um, clinical settings, community settings, also the clinical aspect of it, which taps into things like counselling and also psychology. So um, a lot of reading material, which I think it's like going to be lifelong learning for me. Mm. But um, yeah, I think the course is two years and it prepares people to work in group settings in communities, but also you get the skills to be able to have those one-on-one -on -one conversations if anything comes up in sessions where people want to explore a particular um, aspect of their exploration, whether it's, you know, um, whether there's any trauma involved or if there's kind of anything they're working through with particular goals in life as well. Like um, it's quite on a case-to-case -case basis, so it can be quite individualized as well as I think the group cohesion and the group learning and the, I guess the be able, being able to feel feel part of part of something and um, exploring identity and that get, having that sense of belonging is a big part of it. Um, what sort of impact have you seen on um, I suppose community members that you work with through Peace? After do I understand that you're still uh, at IDTIA doing that course? I am actually yeah. yes. So yeah, uh, part of the field work is work finding ways of kind of I guess integrating into your practice. Yeah. And, um, what difference has that made, I suppose, for the people you're working with? Yeah, I think mainly for me, it's kind of tapping into more the emotional aspect of it and being able to express that in a safe way. Mm. Um, so with mutual respect. So we, we get a chance. I usually warm up with a circle activity because the circle is so, um, it's egalitarian. So you're kind of there and you're meeting everyone where they're at. Mm. And we get to check in and um, introduce ourselves and and say how we're feeling as well. So I usually do an emotional check-in and then I get to get them to think about exploring gestures. So if they're feeling happy, then how would they express that um, as, apart from saying it, like with their body. So, yep. you know, people get to be creative as well. So I think that's been a big part of it is just exploring that with the different groups, mm. getting them kind of not just, you know, talking about what they did on the weekend or yeah. um, that can come into it as well, but get, getting, getting them thinking how, you know, things that happen in their lives um, affect them emotionally. And then I guess the, the therapeutic and movement part of it is being able to find ways of ex expressing that creatively um, through um, discussions, but also non-verbally. So, yeah. What are some of the challenges, I suppose, in, in working with culturally and linguistically diverse communities um, in potentially introducing them, I suppose, to that mm -hmm. to that field? What are some of the difficulties there in, in walking people through that process mm -hmm. and potentially breaking down barriers to make sure that they sort of feel comfortable with what they're involved with? Yeah, sure. Um, I've been working with um, young, newly arrived migrants, and some of them have kind of quite a lot of trauma mm. and have come from place, places that there's like um, conflict and that kind of thing. So parts of Africa and the Middle East. So coming from families that have come over for, for you know, to escape violence and war. So um, I guess for some, some of those young people, getting them comfortable with interacting with each other 
that's been uh, a little bit um, difficult sometimes. So getting them to move and actually uh, having them feel comfortable um, in the group, in yeah. a group setting and setting up that safe space. So I think setting up the safe space is really a big part of it. Uh, and then getting to know each other and actually having those conversations. And um, yeah, it just it's just wonderful to see them, like if they've kind of come from a difficult family upbringing or cultural, um, you know, um, uh, cultural background, just getting them, uh, you know, on their feet moving and just the, the feeling of um, actually getting back in, in touch with their bodies and how they're feeling and being able to express that yeah. um, and seeing them, you know, feel a little bit better at the end of the session and smiling yeah. Uh, and yeah, um, getting their, getting them more comfortable in the group as well. I understand you're bringing some of that work to positive aging for positive people, I guess, yeah. for potentially um, South Australians living with HIV that might be curious or interested in coming. What are they likely to be seeing, I guess, as part of that, um, that content? So I hope to bring, you know, um, get them to see, I guess, um, a sense of joy in life um, within the group. Mm. So we do exercises that kind of, um, you know, it's like a big shake out. You shake the body out and get back in tune with your body. So I, I get them to, I, I would invite participants to do like a body scan. So focus on different parts of the body from maybe from sitting just with the soles of the feet and then going up through the body and then all the way to the top of the head mm. and then just get, getting them in tune that way. And then um, in tune with each other, so getting them up and moving. We have some like great music that we can uh, kind of uh, help to encourage them to um, explore and get creative, and yeah, and bringing the themes into it as well. I think will be good. So I'm quite excited to get get into planning the sessions for the for the workshops as well. You've spoken a little bit about what you do at Raza at Peace. Yeah. Um, how did you come, I guess, to, to be part of uh, the Connect project and, and how has that, that position, I suppose, for you evolved? Well, um, the way I, uh, we, we first discovered Connect was um, Sky and Nikki came over to, to our, um, where we based at Hindmarsh, yeah. to the Peace Office and um, introduced the project. And yeah, I guess working in the same within the sector of um, the community health sector. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, they were looking for people to be a part of the cultural advisory group. Mm. And um, so myself and another team member, Etty, are also, so we yeah, put our hands up. So that's how we first um, got invited. And it sounded like an exciting way to be able to connect with um, community members and show them, uh, you know, how easy it was to to use connect and and to help spread the word about self-testing and um because sometimes in those communities in the communities that we work with there are social and cultural factors that kind of i guess have an effect on how people um about this you know see sexuality mm. and gender diversity as well as relationships in general yeah. so it's a it's a safe and easy way to be able to do that discreetly um, yeah, and um, without necessarily having to go into, you know, the chemist or go see, go to see a doctor. If sometimes they're on 
a visa that they can't, you know, um, don't have Medicare or can't afford it. It's a, it's a safe way and affordable way of accessing testing. So, I th yeah, I think it's, um, it was, it's been great to be involved with Connect so far. Has most of that involvement been as part of the cultural advisory group? And I suppose what uh, work does that um, group do within the project? Yeah, so um, we would have um, periodic, periodic meetings yep. where um, we would uh, learn more about what um, Connect was about and uh, how we can um, possibly increase um, people's awareness of it. So then the, the opportunity came, came about to be involved with uh, the Instagram reels. So I kind of um, reached out and said, you know, I'd love to be involved. And so we uh, started working with Nikki and the rest of the the cultural advisory group. And I think we yeah started working on the um, the videos for that. Um, and yeah, they've been um, fun to work on as well. Yeah. Has most of that work been around? Um, I, I guess translation and localization of the scripting, I suppose, for those. Is that where most of that work has been? Yeah, so um, we came up with like a, like a kind of narrative and something that uh, could perhaps help um, connect better with particular community groups. Yep. So um, we worked with, um, uh, so we worked with Mandarin, so Chinese language, and then also had a South Asian um, uh, cultural advisory group member featuring one as well. So, yeah, um, finding ways to connect through, I guess, um, dynamic and kind of uh, relatable uh, little um, video clips. Mm. Yeah. What were some of the, the goals you were hoping to um, meet or concerns you were hoping to address as part of producing them? I guess um, in coming up with the script, I, I think the message was, you know, um, looking after oneself, but also looking out for others. Mm. So in that, in that way, it was kind of about, you know, introducing people to what Connect was and, and then where they could find um, the free vending machines and ac to access the kits yep. themselves. And then uh, I guess uh, things that were relatable to, to young people, uh, from different backgrounds, because I think some of the data uh, from um, the project so far was that um, quite a lot of uh, young people from uh, different cultural backgrounds that might have possibly students and that kind of thing were, mm. were accessing them. So things like um, where the data goes and maintaining privacy and um, discretion if, if needed as well. Yeah. So yeah, and just the safe, safety of using it as well and accessing the service and the test kits through the different vending machines. How do you feel about the fact that there is a realization that we need to increase support for mm -hmm. culturally and linguistically diverse communities, um, given you, know, you work in the HIV and STI space, mm -hmm. um, seeing that support increase, I guess, what does that mean to you? I I think it really, it's really good to know that there's um, the support available. So the support in, in the way of um, education and access to things like PEP and PrEP, but also, um, you know, um, HIV specific medication mm -hmm. and there's the support and um, peer support and peer support groups for people living with HIV as well. So yeah, it's great to be part of that. And I, th 
I think also addressing things like stigma and discrimination and um, being able to, um, I guess, spread the word about the support available for that. And uh, also, but also, you know, kind of respecting people's um, right to privacy and that kind of thing. So um, I guess if you, if you test as positive, then there's certain, um, yeah, people who have different reactions to that. So it's about being able to support the person with, um, with how they, um, with living the best life that they can, uh, if, even if they do test positive. If people want to find out more about uh, Raza or Peace, um, where can they go? Yes, sure. So um, uh, we, Peace is uh, a program of Relationships Australia, South Australia, and we um, we have offices in different parts of um, the CBD. But um, I'm based with the team that's in Hindmarsh. So if anyone wants to get in touch, please reach out. You can email us at askpeace at um, raza.org.au and um, we're also on Facebook and um, have uh, yeah have a presence. We have a Facebook page called Unidos, which is a multicultural LGBT support group, peer support group. So um, just jump online and search for Unidos and you can find us there and people can request to join the group. Cool. Ben Hur, thank you very much for your time. Thanks so much, Jack. You're getting well, well, well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health. Thanks again to Robin and Ben Hur for coming on the show this week. If you're based in South Australia and want to know more about the Positive Aging for Positive People workshop series, you can head to samesh.org.au for more information. If you missed part of this episode or want to catch up on previous episodes, head to joy.org.au slash wellwellwell. And if you have any questions or topic suggestions for us, send us an email at wellwellwell at joy.org.au. That's all for the show this week, though. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Well, 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 supported by Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. For more LGBTIQ plus health and wellbeing and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website thornharbour.org. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.